Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Guys, are you guys ready to get to the word this morning? Amen. The title of the message this morning is The Stones of Remembrance. Well, what is that? The Stones of Remembrance. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, But first, I wanted to recognize uh, that tomorrow is Memorial Day. And Memorial Day itself is a day of remembrance. And it's a day that we uh, take a moment and we remember those who have gone before us. It's, it's a time where we stop and we realize that the freedoms that we have today are because of the price that someone else paid for us to have a freedom to protect those freedoms. Excuse me. And then it's also a day that we honor those who paid the ultimate price. Thank God for those men and women. And, we, and they deserve our honor. They deserve our, our respect and our appreciation. Amen? Amen. But... I do have to say that I, uh, I personally did not always know what Memorial Day was. You know, growing up as a kid, I, I, I just didn't know. And a part of it w- was, you know, I probably didn't ask the right questions. But, um, you know, it was talked about. You know, I always imagined that it was a day that, um, you know, we get together and we celebrate. You know, that's what I saw as a kid. But, you know, and they did talk about it in school, but how many of you know that there's a difference between talking about something and teaching something? There's a big difference. And, you know, um, unfortunately, it was talked about, but it wasn't really taught. The meaning of Memorial Day wasn't really put inside of us. And it's, it's, it's a little sad because I'm very proud, and, you know, of the people I'm, uh, who, who laid down their lives. Memorial Day means a lot to those who understand what it means. But, you know, there are a lot of things that should be taught. You know, we, we should teach our children why we go to church. You know, why we go to church. You know, we should teach, you know, uh, people why we serve the Lord. You know, we should teach people, you know, uh, why we are respectful to one another. You know, we should teach people why the toilet paper goes over the top of the roll. Okay, maybe not, maybe not. For me, that, that is a must. It goes over. Okay, maybe I'm stepping on somebody's. But there are things that should be taught. And I believe that Memorial Day is one of those and many others. And God feels the same exact way. There are things that should be taught, not just told, but taught the meaning behind it so that people can understand and really get the heart of what is being said. And um, specifically, we're going to be talking about another Memorial Day in the Bible. In fact, there are many Memorial Days and Memorial Moments in the Word of God, and we'll talk about some of them, but we're going to go to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. And before we get to our text, I want to catch all of us up on what's happening. Joshua has been named the leader of the Israelite. uh, He's been named leader of the Israelites. Uh, Moses had just passed and God has set him in as the leader. And he's also tasked with leading the Israelites into the promised land. 
what, has, what God had promised uh, once he brought them out of, ex, um, um, out of, um, out of captivity in Egypt. And uh, as they are getting ready to head into the promised land, they have to cross over the Jordan River. And as they are getting ready, uh, uh, God speaks to Joshua and he instructs him to have the priests grab the Ark of the Covenant and to walk into the Jordan River. And when that happens, that he was going to get them through. And so he does that, he does, he does that very thing. And when the priests step into the Jordan River, the Jordan River splits, it stops streaming, and then the stream that's coming downhill springs up, which is an amazing sight to just imagine. And at that time, the Israelites passed over the Jordan River on dry ground. And after they get across, it all, it all is, you know, however it goes back, you know, however that worked. But after that, we find ourselves in chapter 4. So we're going to go ahead and pick up here, and it'll be on the screens if you don't have your Bibles, but let's go ahead and read that in verse 1. It says this, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly. And bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Real quick, um, um, uh, just to... You know, when you read that, it's, it, it, there's a lot that's being said there, but let me just break it down. Basically, what happens after they cross the Jordan, God speaks to Joshua again, and he wants him to get 12 representatives, all men uh, who are representatives of each tribe, of, uh, of all the, each tribe, excuse me, of the tribes of Israel. And they are to go in to the river, grab a stone, and take it with them wherever they go. And any time that, that they see that stone sitting in their camp, then they would re be reminded of what God did there at the Jordan River. And so it says here, though, in verse 8, that it would be a, it would be a memorial to Israel forever, a memorial. That word memorial comes from the root word in Hebrew, Zakar meaning to remember. And that when it's the way it's used here is literally a day of remembrance. God was wanting these stones, these stones of remembrance, to be a sign, an icon, a memorial, so that every time they saw that stone, they would remember what God had did, had done, excuse me. God didn't want them to forget. He wanted them to remember 
Because there would come a time where they would need to remember that. You know, and I thought, you know, why did God want them to remember? And there are many reasons, but he says it there in verses 6 and 7. He says, so that the next generation and the generations after would remember God and all that he had done for their ancestors. Now, that brings up a very, very good point. Because God's desire is to save your soul as he has done. And his, his goal is for you to serve him so that you would fear him and follow him all the days of your life. Amen? But that is not his ultimate goal. He has a greater goal. And here, it's that he can reach into your children's life that they will serve him. That also they will reach into your grandchildren's life and that they will serve him. And that it will go on to the next generation and the next generation. And that was the goal here, was that they would see this stone and that they would then be able to tell their children of what God did on this day. I'm just imagining, you know, I played it out in my head because they were, they were a nomadic people. They were traveling to and fro. They were always constantly traveling. So clearly they had to carry the stone wherever they went. And it was a rock. And surely the children are imagining, why are we carrying this rock everywhere we go? But it created an opportunity. God knew what he was doing. He created an opportunity for them to teach their children. Now, if you keep reading throughout Joshua into the book of Judges, what we know is that eventually there was a generation that was raised up that did not know the Lord. And I find that so interesting because it says here that he... He had them grab these stones for a reason so that they could use it as, to, to help them to teach their children what God has done. Now, I don't know if maybe they taught their children and maybe they told them about what happened but didn't really teach it. I don't know. Maybe they got busy with life. Maybe they got tired, at, you know, or, or maybe they just forgot. I don't know what happened. But somewhere down the line, maybe they taught, your, taught their children, but the children didn't, didn't get the heart of it. Or maybe they didn't pass it on. Whatever happened is that eventually their children, their grandchildren, the next generations did not know the Lord. Now, they also hold their own responsibility. They also hold responsibility in themselves to also take what is being taught to take it upon their heart, and to follow it through with them uh, on their own. That is very true, and they must, and, and that is true for our children. My hope is, and my desire is that my children get the heart of what it means to follow Jesus, and that one day they will raise their children the same exact way. That's my heart. That's my desire. And that is why we teach our children and why we teach the next generation. It is our responsibility not just to serve Lord on our, not to serve the Lord just on our own, but that we look to our children and we think about the ones who are coming after. It reminds me of, 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 of what Pastor Ron, what you spoke about at, uh, at our next gen service. I believe that was last Sunday. In our next gen service, uh, you didn't get to preach this message, but it is on easy sermons for those who would like to to, to go back and read it. Uh, easysermons.com, but he talked about a golden thread of faith that runs through our family. But it takes us taking a moment to teach our children, to teach the next generation, 
about what God has done. You know, this was important to God. This memorial was important to God. In fact, this wasn't the only memorial, as I mentioned earlier. There, there are plenty of them, but just to mention three of them. Uh, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, Abraham built an altar after God provided a ram in place of his son as a sacrifice. He built an altar there. And if you were in that time, you could go and see that altar. And no doubt, Abraham taught people of what God did on that mountain. How about Jacob and Bethel? In Genesis chapter 28, when God gave him a vision in a dream, and he was laying his head on a stone, and when he woke up, he built a memorial out of stones on top of the stone that his head was laid so that he would always remember, and it said that it remained there to that day. How about Samuel, who, who, who cried out to God as the Philistines were coming to destroy them? And God came and he delivered them. And so he erected a stone that he called Ebenezer, Ebenezer, which means God is my help. You see, there are plenty of moments of time where, where, where people in the word of God built a memorial to remember. You know, even uh, communion, in a sense, is a memorial where we remember what Jesus did how he died for our sins so that we could be saved. Whatever it may be, there are many memorials in the word of God, and those moments are important to him. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to pull out three lessons that we learn here from, um, from this passage of, of, of the stones of remembrance, three lessons that we learn that I believe will speak to us uh, um, as we uh, uh, leave here. Uh, point number one, let us remember what the Lord has done. Let us remember what God has done. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 8, he says this, These stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. As I mentioned before, the word memorial here means to remember, and God wanted the Israelites to remember what he had done for their own life, for their own life first, that they would remember. Obviously, they saw what God had done, but there are plenty of times in the Bible that we see God do something, Jesus heal somebody, and they just move on with their life. God didn't want them just to move on as if it was just another walk in the, just another day or a walk in the park, but he, he wanted them to remember what God had done, how he had delivered them, and he created a memorial moment for them. And you know what? We can do the same thing for our life. We can create memorial moments. We can hold on to things and create things. We can write down uh, moments that God has done so we do not forget. You know, let's think about what God has done. You know, has God been faithful in your life? Has God delivered you in your life? Has he provided for you? Has he been good to you? Those moments, you know, you know the moment that you got saved, the moments that we have are meant to be memorial moments so that in the time, in the day where we need him most, when we need God to deliver us, we can look back and remember what God had done. I remember when I was 18 years old, I had just turned 18, and, and, I, 
And I had made a decision to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit for my life. And it was a big decision. My mom was moving to Virginia. And I remember sitting on my bed and the Lord speaking to me. He told me not to go. He wanted me to stay. And I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I knew God spoke to me. And I, I was walking through, a, you, know, you know, just a rough patch of my life. And, and, um, and I got this journal. It was a black journal. And it just said journal on it. And uh, I don't know why I said that, but, it, 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 you know, that's what it said on there. And I began to write down what God was doing in my life, the high moments and the low moments. And, I, and every now and then I go back to that little black book, and I see what I wrote down of, you know, you know when my car broke down or whenever, you know, uh, you know I, th- there were moments in my life where it was really, really hard. But in there, there was a crux where, but God, I know. And it turned into a prayer. It turned into a praise moment. And then two pages later, you'll see me thanking God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did in my life. Man, God, you came through for my life. You know, those were moments that I look back to and I remember what God has done. I can remember those moments. And I'm so glad I wrote them down. Because when I look back, I'm reminded he is the same God. He was the same God then and he's the same God now. He will do it. Maybe he'll do it in a different way. Maybe he'll do it in a different timing, but he will do it. Let us create memorial moments in our life so we can remember what he has done. Amen? Amen. That's point number one. Point number two, let us make a personal commitment in these memorial moments. A personal commitment. I found this really interesting. And if you keep reading in verse 9, it says this, that Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they, were there, they are there to this day. Now, this was really interesting to me because in, this wasn't a part of the original job description that God had given Joshua. He had told Joshua to get 12 representatives of the tribe of Israel to grab 12 stones, each for their tribe, and to carry them out. And that's what he commanded him to do, and that's what he did. But then after that, he himself went and created a memorial for himself and for the tribe of Israel. He didn't have to do that. He still would have been obedient, and he still would have been in the will of God by just obeying what he said. But he took an extra step. And it, was, it wasn't just him just checking it off. It was something that came from his heart. It was something that he wanted to do. He saw what God had did, but he responded himself. To me, you know, that, that really spoke to me. You know, every time that we encounter God is an opportunity for God to change our life. doesn't matter what it is. It's an opportunity. And that includes when God shows himself faithful, when he provides, when he delivers, when he heals. Whenever, whatever it may look like, whatever it may, may be, it creates a moment for God to change our life. And it also creates an opportunity for us to make a fresh commitment. It's an opportunity for us to make a fresh commitment to God and saying, God, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, you are God. You are Lord. It's an opportunity 
for us to make a fresh commitment. It reminds me of the ten lepers. There, there were ten men who had leprosy that God healed from a distance and told them to go and show yourself to the priest. And on their way there, they all saw that they were healed. And they were excited and they were going to show themselves to the priest and they moved on with their life except for one man. There was a Samaritan man who realized what God had done. And what did he do? He turned around and he went back to Jesus and he got on his hands and knees and he humbled himself before God and said, God, thank you. Jesus, thank you. And it says that he worshiped God. He made a fresh commitment. He didn't have to do it, but it touched his heart and he responded. There's an opportunity that we have every time that we encounter God, whether it be in our personal moments or whether it be in church, but also when God shows himself faithful. Let us not pass over those moments, but let us take a moment and stop and to thank God and to give him glory for what he has done. Amen? Amen. And then thirdly, is that we would teach the next generation of God's faithfulness. You know, I Uh, Pastor Ron again spoke about this Sunday, and it was not my intention to do so, but it's very clear in this passage, very clear that this was God's intention. Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 through 24 says this, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Verse 23, For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until he had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Joshua got this in his heart. And he wanted to accomplish the same thing that God wanted to accomplish, was that they can teach their children what the Lord had done. And again, it reminds us that God's desire is not just to reach us, but to reach our children and our children's children. And it comes with the responsibility of teaching our children the heart of what it means to follow Jesus, and also what God had done. You know, uh, after studying this, you know, I realized that I really hadn't talked and shared stories of what God had done in my life with my children. And so me and Melinda, we decided last night that we were going to tell them how we got saved. And they were excited. They were really excited. And we sat down on my bed, and, and I told them how they got saved, and they were just smiling, and they, they clapped that's amazing. And then they went to mom, mom, how'd you get saved? And they were so excited. And I, it, it, just, it just made me realize, I want to do this more often. And, and after it, after we shared it, you know, we told them, this is what Jesus did in our life, and he's going to do the same thing in yours. I remember sitting down with Naomi, and we had got done with, the, with, our, uh, with our devotion on, and reading through scripture. And uh, after it, you know, she, she, she had, who was asking some questions and, and, and it was about uh, uh, knowing Jesus and being saved. And, and I asked her, baby, I know that you've prayed that prayer before, but are you sure that you're saved? She goes, I'm not sure. And I want to be sure. And so we sat there, me and Melinda, and we prayed for her at the kitchen table and she received Jesus. I remember that as clear as day last year. It was, it was last year. And she remembered that moment. She brought it up yesterday. And 
those moments, you know, my hope and my prayer is that they will follow through with it with their life. Because at one day, there'll be one day where they have to carry that, they will have to carry that on their own. And they'll have to pass that on to their children. They will carry that responsibility, but man, it makes a difference. You know, I can't wait to do the same thing with Maya. And I can't wait for little Nora to get saved. Man, that girl needs Jesus. Boy, she needs Jesus. She's only three, but she needs Jesus. <laughs> you know? But there's a responsibility that we carry to pass that on. It doesn't matter how young they are or how old they are. In fact, uh, uh, Pastor Ron, uh, just a family on Sunday, asked if they could dedicate their, their children to the Lord. And they're like eight and seven years old, but they had just got saved. I was like, man, come on. Absolutely. I mean, sign your kids up. They, 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 they wanted to dedicate their children to the Lord, even though they were older, but they wanted to follow through. They see, they, they see other families doing it, and they want to do the same thing. You know, there is something about teaching our kids the heart of what it means to follow Jesus, teaching them the heart and what it means behind the stories of how God changed their life. And I believe that it will make a difference because it is what God wanted to do for the Israelites and it's what he wants us to do today. If it was important to God then, it's still important to God now. God wants us to pass on what he has done in our life to our children and to the next generation. Amen? Amen. The, the people that God has placed in our life are there for a reason. Whether they're our children or whether they're not, let us pass it on. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, God, that you, I thank you, God, for what you have done in our life. God, I thank you for saving our souls. God, I thank you for delivering us. God, I thank you for providing for us. Lord, I thank you for all that you have done. And Lord, may we, may we remember what you have done. God, let us reach back and, and, and think about what you have done. And so that we can know who you are in our life and be reminded of that you are God. But Lord, may, may we also Pass that on to our children. Help us, Lord, God, to be faithful in that area. And, Lord, help us to raise up a generation that fears you and that follows you, Father. God, bless your people today. God, I pray you would encourage your people today. Father, I pray, God, that, God, I pray you, God, that you would forgive us, God, where we have failed you. And, God, I pray that we make a fresh commitment today to follow you, Father. We thank you and we give you all the glory. If you believe that, say amen and amen. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.